down in the den. So go tell a friend. The best podcast on earth is about to begin. We got jokes and news and movie reviews. After Dark NC-17 with the crew. Interviews with the best artists around. So like, comment, subscribe. The show's starting right now. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe. The show's starting right now. Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy Mars. And joining me, we have an amazing rapper slash producer. He has worked with some hip-hop heavyweights like E-40, Slum Village, Neff, uh, The Pharaoh, La Russell, and tons more. He is one of the most sought-after producers in the game right now. And I'm so happy to welcome him here to the Den. My man, Tope, how you doing today, brother? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Great intro. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. So once again, welcome to the show. I have been you, you, I've been watching your progress over the last year, and you've been putting in some amazing work, grinding on a whole nother level. Um, Thank you. We have a tra- oh, you're welcome. We have a tradition here in the den. I'm a nerd. I love comic books. <laughs> Every superhero has an origin story. How did you get into hip-hop and making music, not just hip-hop, but just making this music, artist, producer, what's your origin story? What's your, how, how did you develop your superpower? I think uh, first and foremost, just like being a lifelong fan of hip-hop, you know, and like studying it since I was a little kid, just really um, being one of those kids who really sat with that album and read the liner notes and looked at the pictures and read the producer credits and all that type of stuff. And then one thing kind of led to another as far as like um, from reading liner notes, you know, just discovering new artists and other producers and people that were behind the scenes. So I feel like a lot of it started with being a fan first off, you know, and then um, in high school, like trying my hand at rapping and seeing some of my friends rap and um, older groups in the neighborhood rap and stuff like that. So just kind of, you know, trying it out, trying to rap and then, um, having some success with it in Portland and Seattle and, and um, having some successful groups and some successful solo uh, music releases and stuff like that. And then also um, just getting curious about making beats, you know, hearing Jay Dilla and Mad Lib and people like that who were doing a lot of heavy soul sampling, um, which were like records I was familiar with, but then flipping them into a different way. So that got me real curious, like, um, how do I do this? How do I make this type of sound? How do I take a record that I, you know, an older record like Zapp and Roger or something like that and sample it because I was always listening to like older uh, funk and soul and stuff like that too. Um, so that kind of sparked the production thing. And, and then as my rapping career kind of, uh, you know, I decided to kind of like stop rapping. I put more focus into the production and um, learning music theory and learning how to play the piano and play bass guitar and that type of stuff. And it really just like helped take my production to a whole another level, which is kind of like with the sound where I'm at now, which, um, which I started with just, just sampling for the most part. And then being able to like learn instruments and learn how to really make, uh, the sounds that I wanted to hear from scratch is kind of what led to the taupe that you hear today, basically. Man, that that's amazing. And I always say that the kids today, I'm a 90s baby. So like you, I remember getting a CD, opening it yeah. up, reading the lining as I'm in the car, listening to it. I'm like, which 
in retrospect, probably wasn't safe. But reading while listening, <laughs> like, oh, okay, you know, learning about the producer. So that, that it is with music being streamed, I think that's one thing that kids miss. Um, yeah. Because it, it's, it, it used to be an identifiable sound. Like you knew a Timbaland beat, you knew a Pharrell beat, you knew a Swiss beat, you knew, and now it's just kind of like, but you, on the other hand, how does it feel? You, you mentioned you were inspired by some of those artists and some of the older artists. How does it feel now if you go on YouTube and type in taupe, you'll find taupe-like beats. So now people are influenced by you. You go into the beat source, you'll see taupe-like beats. How does that feel? They always say imitation is the serious form of flattery. How, how does that feel to you seeing that now people are looking for your sound? It's pretty crazy, man. We, cause, um, you know, me and my old roommate, we used to joke about stuff like that. Like, oh, you're going to have tote beats, you know, one day on, on YouTube. And the, for that to actually come to fruition is dope. And also, you know, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people's styles get copied and they don't get the credit for it or they don't get, you know, someone might, might hear a, a producer and hear them do something dope and they might not kick it back to, Hey, this is so-and-so style type, you know, so it, Back. For that, for that, it, it is kind of like a flattery because I'm an artist. Um, to be honest, you know, for like the last, for like maybe the last couple years, I feel like I've been influencing things without getting credit because just because I was such a smaller artist, you know what I'm saying? Not having the bigger platform, so it's dope to like kind of finally see that credit and see people get kicking it back or whatever. Because I feel like, um, in a way, I feel like. In, in the Northwest or in Portland, I do feel like I was like a tastemaker, you know what I'm saying? With like yeah. some of the stuff I, w I would do. So so it's been dope, you know, to see people all over the world, like being inspired. And, and even with like some of the behind the beat breakdowns, people really take some of those techniques and apply them and will, and will give me credit. They're like, hey, I'm doing something I saw in your video or I learned this in your video or whatever, which is which is dope. That is dope. And you have a series on YouTube, I believe, where you, you break down the beats. Is that correct? How did that come about? Yeah. Um, honestly, it was kind of kind of random. Me and me and my guy, Double O, uh, we were just kind of talking about some content ideas. And I just told him one day to bring like bring bring over your camera, man, and let's try and shoot something. Um, I had been doing some some like TikTok behind the beats and stuff like that and seeing just kind of how producers were breaking down their content over quarantine you know like i felt like quarantine was a great time for creators you know like people were stuck in the house and the people who could create um were able to flourish in that time so i didn't necessarily start my series off in that window but it was definitely like inspiration from like a lot of producer content that I saw. So we did uh, Behind the Beat. I think we did about 20 episodes of Behind the Beat. And then I've been just filming my own ones too, like uh, screen record versions of just like how I made certain productions and breaking them down, stuff like that. But inspiration, I would say, I, honestly, I was inspired by a lot of other producers um, who were who are doing their producer content, you know, to do some of mine as well. And the Russell, the Russell was on me about posting too. <laughs> He's like, post every day, bro. Post every day. So, uh, Ten thousand you know, shots. Yeah, I gotta give a lot of props to my guy, the Russell, because we had a lot of conversations about just posting and content, and that's always a topic of discussion. And he he really helped me post. You know, get out there and post more and be more aggressive in that in that area. Absolutely, and sh shout out to the guy, the Russell. Out there in Vallejo. Now, speaking of La Russell, you guys have had five albums together. If, if, yep. 
if my account serves me correct. Right. And, right. Every and, week, every week it might And it's it some might of those, some of those five albums have come out in like the last two months. You guys yeah. are and I've said it before, you know, I've said it offline. To me, you guys are are the Dre and Snoop of the twenty twenties. Um he's I think he's got like twenty albums. He's a prolific artist. I think he has like twenty yeah. albums. But your five together, um, they stick out. It, it's it's peanut butter and jelly. It's uh, hot dogs and mustard. What whatever, whatever your combination that fits so well. How's that? That's what's up. How's that relationship? Um, just being able to create this art and just put it out, and and really, you guys are changing the business model, and it's all done mm-hmm. organic. You know, being yeah. in the industry as you are. You know, a lot of this music is bought and paid for. It, for it's sure. What label puts in, what spins to get on what playlist, but you guys have done it all organically, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And the growth within a year has been exponential. How's that relationship when you guys lock in together? Is it what I is it what I see? From what I see, like I said, it's like you guys are left and right brain. You just go together. Is it is it what I see or is it, it you know, give us a little behind the scenes? Yeah, definitely. I mean, musically, um, it's interesting how we work. Like, uh, uh, there hasn't been that many beats I've played for LaRusso that he didn't like. He was even saying the other day, it's it's pretty much like a 9 out of 10 when I play LaRusso beats, he's going to like it. But my formula for me, like, I just make the stuff I love. And uh, when I first met LaRusso, I had played him a bunch of beats that I kind of had, like, in a folder from myself. Like if I was ever to rap again one day, like these would be the these would be some of the beats I would rap on or whatever. So I kind of figure that out. Like, oh, he he loves the same stuff I love, you know. And we talk about some of our music influences that it makes sense, you know. So so um, as far as the creation goes, like I just make the stuff I love, and um, I I know if I love it, then there's a good chance the Russell's gonna like it as well. But it but our creation process is really nothing I've ever experienced. And nothing I've ever seen except for in Fade the Black when Jay-Z just starts like mumbling in the corner and then he has a verse done. That's pretty much like how it works with LaRusso. Like I'll play him a beat and he'll be like, ah, start kind of growling and mumbling and then <laughs> start writing. And then it'll probably be about five minutes later than I'll hear like a laugh or a yell. He'll be like, ah, God, ah, or something, or he'll just start laughing, and I'll be like, oh yeah, we we got one. You know what I'm saying? And that's honestly, um, I've never seen him take more than probably 15 minutes to write a song, you know. And um, it happens wherever, you know. We wrote when we wrote Baggage Claim, we were driving down to L.A. and and Russ was just in the the passenger you know in the passenger seat and i was i was my drive shift or whatever and i just had some new beats he's like got one you know play the next one you know so we're writing we're writing beats on the way we're writing songs on the way to la um you know and like a lot of the stuff it just happened so fast man like the other day with uh 96 bulls like i just came to hang out and say what's up (laughs) and and we blinked and had six songs done you know like it's pretty crazy um the chemistry is pretty crazy. It's almost in a way it's a little bit undescribable because it just it just happens. You know what I'm saying? Like we just get in the studio and um, I, I stay putting up shots. You know, LaRusso likes to shoot every day. So nice. so I think uh, it works well in that way. It's like I'm always making beats. Even the day after 96 Bulls, I pulled up with like 
four more beats I had made the night the night after. So it's like we both stay working. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm so thankful that the fans like have kind of, you know, uh, chosen our our chemistry to be special. Have have pointed that out, you know. So that means a lot for real. Well, you guys are definitely prolific together. I'm pumping '96 Bulls as we speak. I keep it on my playlist uh, as soon That's as it's available to buy on a good company site. I get all you guys work and fantastic classics. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you, bro. Now, this is a two-part question. Um, you mentioned growing up looking at the liners of the albums and 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 really learning and curiosity. It's like Kobe said, mm-hmm. the, the biggest thing that you want from anybody, an artist, a player, is curiosity. They, you know, mm-hmm. you learn how to be better. With that, with that being said, who are the if if we're looking at the the tree to get the tote, who are like the two or three producers that that you would say if you put in a bowl, you're gonna get you're going to get the taupe recipe. Who are like the two or three producers that you feel influence you the most? I would say like DJ Quick and Battle Cat um, and, and like Jay Dilla and Pharrell. If you could like take those all kind of mash them up, maybe throw and throw maybe Kanye in there too. Early Kanye. And you put those in this guy, like combination of the West Coast sound with the soulful you know samples and chops and stuff like that and and maybe something a little off kilter or whatever too but um for the west coast stuff like battle cat and quick definitely heavy heavy influences in my sound for sure shout out to battle cat and dj quick two yeah producers who i don't think get enough credit in the hip-hop game even though they're legends like Mm -hmm. I, i think they deserve a little bit more credit than they deserve they influence a whole decade so yeah i agree yes for sure still under still underrated still sure. underrated which which sounds yeah. insulting when they're legends but it's true they're underrated so mm-hmm. what do you, you mentioned that you dropped four beats off the night after dropping an album so i i know you're grinding what are you working right. on right now what, what what are you uh are you working for are you working on anything for any particular artist or are you just grinding making beats what are you working right now um i'm doing a second commercial for jeremy lin and uh his company in china that's like my i'm working on that this week um i have a project with a rapper named l james in san jose that's getting mixed and mastered that i i produce all myself it's really dope and it's gonna definitely feature like um just a different side of my production, you know, and um, a di- just a different feel, but also Bay Area, West Coast slaps, stuff like that. Um, I'm working on a really talent with a really talented artist named Stony in Oakland. Uh, she's a she's a female rapper who's just like one of the best rappers in the Bay and West Coast period, in my opinion. Um, and she's just kind of like getting ready to flood flood the market with some music and. Um, I'm working on a couple packs for some artists, um, some artists who've been reaching out, some um, bigger artists. I don't want to jinx, like hopefully, you know, I don't want to jinx no, anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, I have like a bunch of like packs I'm working on for people. I'm working on um, something with something for Atlantic and some of their artists too. And then just kind of random production, like left and right. I have a ton of like um, Portland people and Bay Area people that I'm working on. Um, 
their you know projects with them or or loose production and stuff like that so my plate is so full right now that um i really gotta almost schedule people in like right now i'm kind of like all right november is looking good like for us to start labbing and working on this project because i have so much stuff uh kind of on the plate and then i also have to keep kind of some stuff ready for la russell as well because you we you never know like la russell will hit me and just be like we're going to la this weekend you know and then i you know we could be in the studio with someone legendary or whatever or hey send me a pack you know he he's kind of ready to work at all times so that's kind of like a never-ending project with us and then i have um all this other stuff going on too but yeah a whole a whole bunch more Booked and busy. busy. People have been like, people were like, all right, let's get a project in, bro. Let's do an EP. I'm like, man, I'm down, but like, it's looking like a few months for real before I can start. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's looking like a minute, but I'm thankful for it all. Yeah, I'm thankful for it all. Now, one thing that I love um, with you guys is you make real, authentic music that says something. It's not bubblegum. It's not pop is not made for tiktok like i see a lot of the two minute songs out there that i just you know sometimes i can get a groove in two minutes but sometimes i you know hoves just dropped a verse that was four minutes right (laughs) with no breaks so i i I love that you guys do that you make real music that doesn't just necessarily fit on what um the music business is telling you you should do but it is Mm -hmm. a business um, what advice would you give for young artists that want to get in the game and maybe blinded by just signing a deal or, or you know, getting a record lab- deal with a label just to say they're signed? What advice would you give them um, when they're stepping in? They may have all the talent in the world, but they may not have that mentorship to get them in the right place. And we see it all the time. This label screwed me. This happened. This happened. What advice would you give these young artists, these young kids out here that's trying to change their life and their family's life through their artistry, but to make sure that they don't get pimped by an industry that was designed to make money? It's not really designed to make the artists happy. It's designed to make money. What what yeah. advice would you give these young artists? Man, it's you know, in the words of Nipsey Hussle, it's a marathon. You know, it's a long it's a long race, and um anything can happen in this music industry, you know, ups and downs. So before you sign off ownership or sign off rights or sign off percentages, just, just know the people that you're dealing with, know what your contracts mean and know that you don't have to sign anything to be successful. You know, um, there's so many people who have built a blueprint for this independent route out here that, and it's 2022, you know, the, the major label route, it's not, necessary and a, a lot of these artists end up signing a deal and regretting it. you know they they want that that shiny trophy to go with it and then they put it on the shelf and it it's not doing anything for them you know they can't eat from that trophy that's on the shelf you know what i'm saying so um do your research you know um do your research and 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 follow your heart you know you you gotta um know what the best decision for you is for your for your situation for your for your family, for your friends, you know, all that type of thing. But um, everything that glitters is not gold. Um, this is a music business. Most of the te- most of the people in this business are are at a buy for low 
sell for high type mentality. So you have to think about that. When people are offering you money, there's a greater value to that money, you know, and you are that setting that value as an artist from what you the work you've done, the music you've made, the team you've built, all that thing. So if people are offering you a million, the value is probably at 10 million. You know what I'm saying? So, so keep keep that in mind and, and just know this is a business as, as as much as people smile and laugh and joke in your face um at the end of the day make sure your numbers are right make sure you feel comfortable with what you're signing and make sure you're you're doing it for you or doing it for the right reasons you know because um these people could be your heroes and turn around and offer you a deal that's subpar. And a lot of people end up signing it because it's someone they grew up looking up to or whatever it is. But, um, you know, it's tough, bro. The music industry, they call it the rap game for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Because they really treat it like a game out here. So, you know, just be careful, man. Um, it's, it's super tricky and it's super difficult, but you know, do your research. You know, listen, follow artists like Larissa, follow artists like, uh, you know, Tech Nine and Nipsey Hussle and all these people who, you know, were able to to make a success independently. Don Kennedy, Larry June, all these people, you know, it can be done for sure. And you guys are definitely reaping the rewards of doing it the right way and doing your research and, and don't get suckered by a, a shiny, uh, shiny worm on the hook. Don't don't get yeah. sucked through your research. Well, brother, this has been insightful. It's been super dope. Um, I have one more question. Are you ever tempted when when you're when you're working with all these incredible artists? Are you ever tempted to get back on the mic? You said you had a you said you had a a, a set of beats for you. I I, I know it itches. I know I used to rap back in the day before I got into media. And even now, when I start hearing some of these artists, I'm like, ooh, I should get back in this and i'm like no i have gray hair let me stop (laughs) (laughs) i'm like literally have gray hair let me stop but do you ever feel that that, because once an artist i feel like you're always an artist do you do you ever feel the desire to get behind the mic again and it's hard it's hard to even believe that i say it and uh people have a hard time believing it but i really don't i don't i don't have the itch um i played a show like in july and um i was kind of like all right, let me let me take the show because you know I used to love to perform. Like performing right. is probably the one of the few things I do miss. Sometimes when I'm at the show, I'll be like, "Oh man, I miss you know grabbing the mic, all that stuff like that, rapping." Um, but so I played a show the other day in San Francisco a month ago or whatever, and I was like, "Okay, maybe I'll get the itch. Maybe it'll re-inspire me and everything." And the show was fun. I had fun. The set went well and everything like that. But it, I don't know, it just. It just didn't, it didn't spark it for me. And, and I'm having so much fun as a producer right now that, um, I don't know. I, I don't have a desire to rap. You know, I get a produce for people like, you know, La Russell and Stoney and L James and all these other people that I'm on the verge now of producing for too. And I'm like, I've had, you know, I had a, I had an amazing career in my opinion as a rapper. And now I think, um, my, goal and my role i should say in hip-hop now is is to help other people tell their story you know so if i can make some incredible beats for another a young artist who has a story to tell or has something to to offer to hip-hop as a culture then my vessel is through the music you know and i don't want to ever block it and and i love hip-hop so much that i would never waste time by like 
releasing music that I didn't truly love. So I'm just so thankful I found another opportunity to still be in this culture and still contribute, but contribute in another way where I'm also like, I have a way to give back too, you know, because a lot of, you know, production starts out as a free thing, you know, or with new artists or whatever. So, man, um, I just love producing so much. It's so, it's so fun that I really don't have much desire to rap anymore. But, you know, I also don't want to ever close that door because maybe someday I'll wake up and want to drop a project or drop a verse or drop something. So you never know. But I just love, I just love everything where it's at right now. Everything is great where it's at right now. Well, you're definitely a top curator of the culture, man. I, I appreciate you coming out. Please you, let the friends that didn't know where they can find you, your social media pages. The floor is yours. Yeah, it's Tope uh, pretty much on all social media, I-T-S-T-O-P-E. Uh, Tope on streaming, Apple, Spotify, all that. Man, much love to you, bro. I appreciate your support. I've been seeing it like solid for, you know, I think since since we dropped Marlin 7 or even before yeah, that. Man. So, man, much, much love to you. I'm glad we could finally link it up and have a conversation. Same, same, brother, man. And, and this will be the uh, first of many, man. You're this. This is just the beginning for you guys, which is crazy because you've already had so much success. But I, I feel that the next decade is a decade of tope. So I appreciate you, man. Thank uh, you, brother. You're a superstar already, but uh, you're going to go well, supernova. So thank you again. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Like, up. comment, subscribe. If you're listening on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, leave a comment. Please check my man Tope's production out. He's amazing. Music, uh, like you said, the um, uh, Bulls 96 album is available on the Good Company page. Check that out. Um, it's super dope. All of his music is dope. You know I'm batting a thousand with who I recommend. So please check him out. Dope. He's super dope. And brother, thank you again for coming. Hey, thank you so much, man. We'll talk yes, soon sir. again for sure. For sure. Let's go. Let's go. All right. That's it. Perfect. Perfect. So this will come out next Wednesday. Um, okay. So I will send you a copy um, So in case you wanted to grab a soundbite or something for your page or whatever. So I'll send Definitely. you a copy via your email, man. It, and Dope. I meant every word I said. I'm sorry. I couldn't give you more energy. Uh, no, bro. That was, that was great. But, uh, norm that was normally, great. I'm like off the wall. That three years. That shit. <laughs> kicking my, at my, my, yeah. my girlfriend. She's a little bit of a freedom fighter. So she was out there, you know serving the homeless meals and stuff, which I love. And but then I right. started thinking and I'm like, you serving a thousand meals. Probability. That's, that's right. a lot of exposure. And sure right. enough, she's like, she came over and she was like, I don't feel too good. I was like, all right, well, you know, I hope you feel better. Then she sends me a picture of the COVID test. I'm like, right. so uh, of course I have a thousand COVID tests. So I take two the first two are negative. I take the third one positive. It's like as soon as my body saw the positive, I started getting aches and everything. Man. And last, I, I, and I did not want to reschedule this. The last two days I've been in bed, completely asleep. <sighs> and I pumped myself up with so much medication. So like, <laughs> like right now I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I know in about 30 minutes I'm going to be like, 
Patching back out. Hey, well, shit. For future reference, bro, I'm you know I'm flexible. We can always we no, can always man, schedule. I, I, but I I appreciate you. So yeah, much. man. No, I pro- I appreciate your professionalism, man. But uh, thank you so much for dealing. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I'm sorry I couldn't give you all the energy that I normally have. No, it's good, I think bro. it was a dope interview. Friday, you'll probably be feeling better. It'll probably gonna yeah. Be, yeah. When I, I had I had it record. I got it. I was like recording this dude and my my play my place is not super big or whatever he's like coughing the whole session i'm like you good bro i'm like you don't got covid dude he's like oh i don't now but i did i got it at coachella a couple last weekend i was like bro the next day i had covid and i had hella shit to do i'm like bro come on people are i was so like disrespectful yeah. with your shit man they, they like, don't they Man. really don't and that's how i was like it's not going anywhere i the same thing like in my um in my industry job i was at the office the other day and this girl just comes in and she's like hey i ain't seen you in a while i was like yeah you know i, I normally work from home i'm just coming in to test this new technology and she was like cool had you and just missed all in the area and i was like i was like jesus christ what what, what why would you we've learned we've learned nothing nothing <laughs> Nothing. Like, <laughs> people still ain't washing their feet. Still, not. I'm like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. We're, it's just gonna be here forever. Uh, but I appreciate yeah, you, brother. Like I, I know you're busy. Get back to making them classes, man. I love it. Hell yeah, man! Great to talk to you.